Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, Awareness Explorers. Great to have you as part of our family in exploring the inner realms. I'm Jonathan Robinson, and I'm with my trusty co-host. Brian Tom O'Connor. And we have a subject today, Brian, that you and I have been discussing a little bit. I'm very excited about it. It's really how to overcome the judgmental mind, but that's one way of putting it. The other way of putting it is how to deal with annoying, difficult people. And, uh, (laughs) you know, when you think of, you know, all the judgments we have and all the difficult people we have to deal with, what's the first thing that pops into your judgmental mind? (laughs) Well, that's funny, because when you said that, that um, the second, uh, the subtitle, uh, um, you've basically got judgment baked into that one. (laughs) So, And whereas I think that actually judgmentalism, or is that the right word? Judgment is actually detrimental to our own happiness. And there's this idea that we actually can control what other people do or or should control. And I'm not 100% sure that's true. And yet, we still have these emotional reactions when people do things that we don't agree with, and they're there. So what to do about it? So they're all great questions. What are your thoughts? Well, I've developed a lot of practical methods that have helped me overcome my judgmental mind and be more compassionate in dealing with difficult people. And But before we go into the specific methods, and as you know, I like methods that take less than five seconds to do. I've actually come up with five that really work, not just for me, but for other people, and I'm excited to share them today. But first, a little bit of background. You know, 100,000 years ago, our judgmental minds were what saved our lives. You know, if we thought somebody looked friendly from the distant village and they ended up being a killer, we didn't get to pass down our genes. So we're the descendants of half a million years of a judgmental mind keeping us safe. And it used to work really well. But nowadays, you know, being that we're suspicious and judge people first, it just leads to a lack of peace and unhappiness and annoyance and frustration. And we get a lot of practice. You know, there's a lot of incompetent, annoying, difficult people out there. And it seems like with all that practice, we would figure out some way to let that go or overcome it. And be restored to peace. And that's really what this, uh, this exploration is about. And something that, that you and I have discussed a little bit off the podcast is there's no necessity for judging people. You know, things happen, but we react to them and we place blame on those people. But it's really our constant judgmental mind that creates the problem. That's right. It it really does, because it's basically an argument with reality. 
And when you argue with reality, you lose, but just 100% of the time, as Byron Katie would say. <laughs> That's right. And another uh, uh, person said something wise about this, Gangaji, uh, uh, many years ago. Um, someone was saying, you know, I'm just so... I, I, I just... I, I can catch myself judging people all the time. And she said, so you're judging. So what? In other words, there's a secondary judging. There's the judging that happens, and then there's this idea, I shouldn't be judgmental. And so it's a double whammy of arguing with reality. The other people aren't doing what I think they should be doing, and I'm not spiritual enough because I'm judging them. And bam, you're, you're no longer in present moment reality. You're somewhere in the world of should. And the world of mind loops, which never goes well. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, the more conscious you become, an uh, ingredient that can go along with that is that the more you see people's lack of smart behavior, we'll call it. And so I know a lot of people who, you know, up-level their consciousness, but then they actually become more annoyed with people because now they're seeing how self-destructive a lot of behavior is you know it might be when you were a litterer somebody else littering didn't bother you but now that you know you cleaned up your act other people's littering uh drives you up a wall so it's important that as you do raise your consciousness that you come up with some way of dealing with all the judgments that can result well, I would say that um, if you were to say that the more conscious people become, the more judgmental they become, there's something faulty in that definition of more conscious. True, true. <laughs> They're basically, you know, um, it's, it's, if that's what's happening to them, then they really ought to stop and say, am I really assessing my... <laughs> my own level of 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 harmony with true nature well i you're making a good point that it's different to say that you're becoming more conscious you're really just becoming more aware of subtleties of how people do things ineffectively but being more conscious hopefully means that you're getting to more peace and that's what we're interested in. And that's what some of the phrases I've come up with have helped me to do. Because as I did become more aware, I was worried about becoming more judgmental. And not all judgment's bad. I mean, some judgment is discernment. You know, you don't want to deal with a person who's going to rip you off. You don't want to deal with a person who is showing a lack of integrity. So it's not that all judgment's bad, but we do need a way to curtail it when we want and not get so caught up in the mind's tendency to do that with almost everybody and everything. Yeah, I think you're right. And and uh, I, I really do like that you made that distinction between discernment and judgment, because you're right. I mean, there, there, there are people who are really unhealthy for us. There are people who are cruel. There are people who are um, uh, con artists. There are people who don't have ours and the world's interests at heart. And we might choose not to spend time with them. But judging them, saying that they are bad, categorically, um, I don't think is healthy for us. 
Yeah. You know, regardless of them, because this whole idea of good or bad is completely and utterly in the mind. There are things that are effective and ineffective. And if our goal is to live in a world where people get along well together and, and that there's harmony, then certain actions are effective and certain actions are not. But it's not a matter of ultimate good or bad judged by some all-knowing point of view. Yeah, going down that moralistic way of looking at behavior uh, generally doesn't turn out very well. Yeah, I think that's a good word, moralistic. I think that's, uh, you know, the, <laughs> there's a lot of problems in moralism. Yeah. Yeah. That that are actually easy to easy to miss. They're easy for people to know that that's what they're doing, mm -hmm. and to get I mean, self righteous people, about it. Yeah, and self righteousness is a big problem nowadays in the world, whether it be politically or your opinion about various conspiracies or or the vaccines or any of the things that we like to get self righteous about, and create a lot of separation about. And part of what spirituality is about is love and lack of separation. So all those types of mind loops tend to point us in a very wrong direction. And if you don't have a elegant, simple way of dealing with that, then you get lost in it because that's where most people are at. Yeah, that's right. You you absolutely get lost in it. And um and it's very very tempting to look at the world and say and and see what's wrong with it and see what should be different and get into this state of anger, of um dissatisfaction, of trying to change other people, trying to convince other people feeling that you're right self-righteousness, and that is totally the opposite of peace. Yeah. But, on the other hand, there's a big paradox. If you say, okay, I'm going to allow everything to be as it is, which really is the way to go, people think, yes, but then am I not taking action against injustice? And I would just want to, this is a sidetrack before we get to your elegant ways, which I, which I really want to very soon. But the sidetrack is that when we see injustice, we're called upon to act. That fact that we're called upon to act is something else that we actually have to allow that's happening in reality, that we actually have to take, sometimes we have to take action. Sometimes we don't take action, but sometimes we do. We see um, someone mistreating someone, and there are times when we need to take action. And Allowing things to be as they are is a little more nuanced than I never take action about anything. It's allowing the fact that sometimes I must take action. Mm -hmm. But that aside, I really would love to hear your elegant methods that you talked about. Well, one more quick aside, you know, the whole Bhagavad Gita is about how to take action without getting self-righteous or angry. And that's not an easy thing to do. The Bhagavad Gita doesn't have specific methods. So it's, uh, it's a good theoretical framework. You know, you have to take action in the world, but you don't have to push people out of your heart. You don't have to be angry and self-righteous about it. 
you can act without being too attached. But I think in order to do that, you need to somehow elevate your consciousness in a very quick way that allows you to see things differently than the way the mind often sees things, which is right, wrong, good, and bad. And we certainly get a lot of societal programming along that way. You know, one very simple way, which everybody has heard of, um, actually, I invented this phrase, but some very spiritual guy stole it from me. And the phrase is, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. <laughs> of course, I'm kidding about this. You know, you um, Jesus supposedly said this as he was dying on a cross. And in a way that is true, you know, here they're they're killing a divine being, whatever you believe about Jesus, he was certainly at least a special, very aware person, at the very least. And here we are, or that group of people was was killing them. Well, you only do something that's dumb if you really don't know what you're doing. You know, you're you're either unaware or you're compelled or you're you believe something that's crazy. And throughout society, we often kill good people. And people are compelled by their beliefs. They're compelled by past conditioning. And they're almost like, you know, like a little baby. We don't get mad at babies in the same way we get mad at adults. Because we say, well, they don't know what they're doing. Or they don't have a choice. And evidently, in that extreme situation, Jesus was able to say, I see this. They... I." Forgive them because they know not what they do. Yeah, and there's something else I'd love to add about forgiveness. Uh, I think forgiveness is really, really important. But we tend to focus on that forgiveness is something nice or good that we do to or for other people. And that's not why we forgive. We forgive for ourselves. We forgive because it's actually healthier, more peaceful, a better way to lead towards a spiritually open, allowing, healthy, happy, well-adjusted, harmonious life. Absolutely. And, and overcoming our judgmental, constricted minds. So when I use that phrase, you know, I, I use that a little bit different. I say, oh, well, you know, they, they just don't know any better. You know, they're doing the best they can, they just don't know any better. And that helps me to let go of, say, a self-righteousness or a, a anger that I might have had. Just like I don't get angry at my vacuum cleaner when it breaks down. I don't get angry at babies when they cry. I, I might be annoyed, but I don't have that moralistic sense like, well, you know, they shouldn't be that way because they can't help themselves. Yeah, I, of course, I, I, I'm sure that this is really challenging for a lot of people um, because their mind is going to argue. Their mind is going to say, they do know better, and yet they don't. You know, mm -hmm. so, so the mind is going to argue with you. And um, my advice is don't go there because that's not what's helpful. 
going into the mind's argument about it and, and analyzing it is actually not the skillful means to happiness. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that if that phrase doesn't work for you because your mind resists it or argues with it, there's four more that can work for you. And I really do think that our job, our mission, should we decide to accept it, is to find the little things that help us specifically at this time. And I like coming up with several ideas because one of them will most likely work and your your mind won't immediately, you know, throw it out. Yep. So let's go into another one. This one, you know, many a couple of years ago, I was at a workshop and doing some meditation at this workshop. I, for about a day, completely let go of my judgmental mind. I actually didn't even have any access to it. And I was totally loving everybody. And the idea of judging people just seemed really incredibly foreign. And I was kind of asking myself, what's my view right now? Because people didn't stop doing ineffective behavior. And I could even see that they were doing ineffective behavior, or I could see that that behavior wasn't getting them what they wanted. And I, I decided on the phrase, everybody is being a perfect them. And it struck me kind of like, you know, if you see a movie and a, and a bad guy or a bad gal in a movie, you might not like their behavior, but you can admire how well they play their role. And that's what was going on. I was, God, that person, they play a beautifully perfect them. Now, the perfect them might be that they irritate all the people around them, but they do it perfectly. They're like, <laughs> they got every subtlety down. And it was more like applauding people for how well they were doing that. And it made me like love everybody, even if I didn't necessarily think that their actions were in any way helpful to anybody. Well, that's my favorite one so far, although I think that's only the second one, right? <laughs> that is only the second one, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, that, that, that's so, that really great. And I love the analogy of the, you know, the bad guy in the movie, how they're playing their part perfectly, and we're really totally enjoying it. Um, there isn't this, you know, this thing, oh, my God. Well, you know, we identify with the protagonist, so, so, so we do, if it's a good movie, we do get emotionally upset when the bad guy does that. But when we remind ourselves that we're not that protagonist and we are watching a movie and that it is an actor and a good one and they're doing it really well, um, then we can, you know, have a feeling that we can then remind ourselves about in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, it sounds fun. And it can be fun. It has actually been a lot of fun when I do this. But there are certain people that challenge it. Like, uh, I'll, I'll take my favorite politician that I hate. I'll call him Bob. Okay. I really have a hard time with Bob. But when I say, well, Bob's being a perfect bad politician, right. he does it so well, that does help make it easier. You know, um, you could try that out and see if it works for you in extreme situations like that. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But, you know, once again, if this one doesn't do it for you, you have uh, three or four others that you can try as well. A third phrase that I use, which was used in the spiritual community I lived in, was the phrase, how is that like me? So I would see Joe, who I lived with, uh, who I might have the judgment was kind of indulgent. And he'd be complaining about working in 80-degree weather. And I would be sick of hearing his complaint. And then I would think, okay, how is that like something I do? And then I'd remember the previous night where I was complaining that my brand of potato chips that I like was out. Equally indulgent, if not more so. And I immediately, it took the edge off my self-righteousness. I felt humility and I felt actually a connection because we were both being like indulgently complaining. I could see that we're all very much alike. We're all frail human beings. And it um, it just changed how I felt about Joe and, and was actually useful for me in learning about myself. Have you ever used that one? Yeah, uh, well, that's my favorite so far. Oh, anyone <laughs> I tell you, it's going to be. <laughs> I, I no, I think that one is 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 really good, and I had not. I had have heard you describe this before, and I had not used it before, but I used that since. But actually, no, that's not true. That I hadn't used it before because there was a point when I realized that the things that I most judged other people for were qualities that I didn't like or had disowned in myself. And yeah, that's the a, way it goes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, if we know that to be true, whenever, whenever we're judging somebody, then we realize, okay, um, what about me is the same? What am I? Yeah, I kind of look for that. That uh, if I'm really, really surprisingly annoyed by somebody's behavior, I'm pretty sure that I have the same behavior. I was very annoyed at this one guy who was hogging all the attention at this uh, uh, place I was at last week. And then it hit me that must be what I look like a lot of the time. Which made me hate him even more for showing me myself. <laughs> right, right. But it sounds like you were able to get a little bit of um, space around it and see it from, from a wider distance. Yeah, and even a little bit of humor. But, you know, it, it's a confronting tool, especially if you are really exact with it. Like, oh, yeah, that's like me. Well, that's that's kind of nice. But when you really get down to how exactly is what that person doing like what I do, then it becomes very confronting and actually a very useful way to learn about yourself. It's easier to see bad behavior, so-called bad behavior in someone else than to see it in yourself. You get a, a more clear perspective on what exactly it looks like. Yeah, you can really see how that would be. So the next one, if that one is a little too confronting, um, this one I find kind of snuck up on me and became part of me. I almost don't have to do it now. And that is the phrase, I don't know the whole story. I don't know the whole story. Uh, the, the, 
this first hit me when I was walking down the street and somebody bumped into me pretty hard. And I was really irritated. You know, I was going to tell this person off. And um, when I looked at them, uh, I saw that they had a cane and they were blind. Well, of course, then my annoyance went away. But in a certain way, that's always going on. You know, that we don't know somebody's past. We don't know why they do what they do. Most people have really good reasons. I, I read a biography of Hitler, you know, which he's a person that's pretty hard to forgive. But when I read this, I go, oh, that makes sense now. Not that I would in any way excuse any of his behavior, but still it made sense to me how this incredibly wounded person became a uh, psychopathic killer of millions. Mm -hmm. And to a lesser extent, you know, somebody's being unkind or somebody's doing something we don't like, you can realize that there's a backstory there that makes it so that it's understandable what they're doing, even if you don't like it. Well, that's right. I think that's very useful. And it's also useful for people whose opinions are different from ours about current events. We don't know the whole story. I mean, we don't know what in their lives led up to them forming that opinion. And it still may be wrong and it still may be hurtful. But usually people believe what they believe for emotional reasons, including this belief I'm telling you right now. And mm -hmm. so it's really useful to ask that question or to just know that we really don't know the whole story about anybody's actions about anybody's beliefs, about anyone's point of view at all. We really don't we really don't know. So either they have good reason for, you know, when I say good reason, at least a logical reason for what they're doing or believing, or they're crazy. If they have a good reason, you know, because of their background, that makes sense. If they're crazy, then they don't have any <laughs> they're compelled. So you know either way they're kind of blameless in a certain way. Uh, and that don't know mind, which, you know, Zen talks about is a real relaxing place to be, because in reality, we don't know. And the fact that our mind comes up with reasons or comes up with judgments is just a product of mind. It's not a matter of us really having an accurate view of what's going on. Uh, that's right. And I, I don't know mind is uh, is really, really helpful. And it, it's sort of like taking that we don't know the whole story one step further. We're not even trying to know the story. We're just experiencing what's arising as it arises without a story about it. Yeah. And that's, you know, a good way to peace right there. Mm hmm. And last but not least, my personal favorite right now. Um, and at different times in my life, I use different ones of these phrases or these methods. But this is the one that really is hitting me now. And that is the phrase, it must be hard being them. Now, when saying a phrase like this, you want to avoid saying it from superiority. So if I say this, and I think, oh, look at this idiot. It must be hard being them. That's the wrong way to use it. That creates more separation. But if you do it and you say it from like your heart, 
and it evokes compassion and understanding, then you're in the right arena. And I was making an airline reservation a few days ago, and the woman I was talking to had the, the trifecta. She was unhelpful, incompetent, and mean. Ooh. It's hard to get those three together in, in somebody that has a job, but she managed to do it, <laughs> in my judgmental opinion. And, um, you know, a couple minutes into the call, this phrase came up, it must be really hard being her. You know, nobody wants to be that easily upset and not good at their job and cranky. And I'm sure her difficult personality created all kinds of problems in her life. And I could really feel her pain rather than just my pain. You know, her pain of, wow, it must be really hard being her. And a wave of compassion just came over me. You know, I was kind of like resisting her and being a little bit difficult. And then I just felt really immediately like a sense of love and compassion for this poor woman who has to deal with people like me all the time. And the interesting thing is, as soon as I kind of changed my attitude, her attitude got softer as well. So maybe she was as bad as I thought she was, but maybe it was me. You know, I don't know. But by the end of the call, things had gotten better. And I was at peace, wishing her well, rather than thinking, I can't believe how the airlines allow somebody like that to answer calls, which was what I was doing before. <laughs> You know, that's a beautiful story, and it really highlights a very important spiritual principle, which is, like all the best spiritual principles, paradoxical. Um, when we drop all of our strategies to change our experience, and that's our experience of the world and of ourselves and of other people, when we drop those strategies in some mysterious way, things happen better, more, more fluidly, more easily. We move through the world more easily. And I think the reason that is, is because we've changed our vibration. We're yeah. actually now vibrating in harmony with the world, with what is. And that gets picked up. That the world notices that vibration. So there's sympathetic vibration going on. That may have been what happened in the case of the of, of the woman in your story. And I think that's the way it happens in the world. And it's a paradox. But the problem is when we when we do it, like when we sit down to meditate in order to get rid of our particular feelings, or in or or we sit down and try and figure out how other people how we can convince them they're wrong, all of that stuff, none of that, none of that works. It only happens when you, when you just, when that relaxation of all strategies to make everything different happens. Then you're, then you're relaxed, then you're open, then you're fluid, then you're porous, then you're vibrating in harmony with the universe. Yeah, and, and 
when we find a phrase or a technique that allows us to go from the judgmental mind to that open-hearted awareness, that's pretty close to a magic trick. That's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. One other subject before we go into the guided meditations about this subject, I noticed that a lot of times my self-righteousness or judgment or whatever is evoked in terms of a person doing something I think is wrong or or hurtful, um, is that I have a hard time feeling powerless. So take like a political leader. You know, if they're doing something I don't like, you know, I, I protect myself with the blame, with the self-righteousness. And that blame and self-righteousness seems to be protecting me from feeling afraid or powerless. And I notice that it's really hard to allow myself to feel that fear or powerlessness. And that's why I'm going to judgment sometimes. And I'm wondering if it's the same for you. Absolutely. I think that's a really great insight. And uh, as a matter of fact, when we feel angry and upset about something in the world, particularly about politics or about other people, it's because of this mistaken idea that we actually do have some sort of power to change things, or, or should have the power to change things. Uh, in other words, our ego, our ability to control our experience is challenged, and we have this idea that that should not be challenged. And so I really think it's about that. When we're upset with what's happening in the world, it's because we're upset that we are not able or have we do not have the power to change it. And we don't have the power to change it. I mean, we, you know, an individual can take actions in certain situations, but we're not that individual. That's just the character that's reacting automatically to its conditioning in the world. And, uh, it it does react automatically and this is of course a philosophical point that we can argue but i but so even if you don't believe it's true if you ask yourself the question what if i actually don't have the power to change anything or to do anything or to affect anything and what if i don't need to have that power what if i shouldn't have that power you know there's no it's not wrong not to be able to can you relax into that letting go of the idea that me, this little being, can control experience? And that's really hard to do. And, and I think as we get better at allowing a feeling of powerlessness to flow through us and realize that we can survive that feeling, it helps to lubricate less attachment to self-righteousness and anger. Right. Uh, that's a really good way of putting it, to lubricate. 
And, you know, we can still have boundaries. We can be empathetic and compassionate and still have boundaries. But finding ways to sidestep the judgmental mind and all the emotions that can go with it is really an important path to peace nowadays. Because, like it or not, we deal with people all the time and we have to figure out ways to not create separation, even though the people we deal with might be very different. You know, if your toe is screaming, you don't cut it off. You you have compassion for your toe. And in some ways, we're all part of this one big body of humanity. And sometimes the toe is acting up and uh, you have to take care of it and and be nice to it, knowing that it may be hurting uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to be angry at your own toe. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I'd like to add a, just a little clarification to what I was saying earlier, because I don't really think it said, I don't think it was nuanced enough. And I'm reminded of something that Eric Zimmer talked about uh, when we interviewed him a couple of episodes ago. And he's a big proponent of the middle way. And I think that's really wise. And he also talked about the serenity prayer. So when I talk about accepting powerlessness, it might actually be more helpful to look upon it from the point of view of the serenity prayer, which is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that's actually a little bit more nuanced of a way to put it. It's knowing that there are things that I, that I can't change and the serenity to accept that there are those things. And if I am called upon to take action, the serenity to, and the courage to take that action and, and, and knowing the difference between the two. And the only other thing I, I would add before we go on to the guided meditation is Someone once said, some spiritual teacher and I uh, once said this, and I think this is a good thing to ponder. Let's, let's just put it as a question to ask yourself. Is it true, whenever you are angry, you're believing something that's not true? Mm -hmm. And I think it's very possible that that's true, that whenever we are angry, we're believing something that simply isn't true, usually around the idea of what should be happening or the way people should be. And um, there's a path to, to, to peace right there. And obviously it should be happening because it is happening. Exactly. Yeah, that's Byron Katie. How do you know? I think it was Byron Katie. How yeah. do you know what should be happening? You look and see what is happening. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so many different paths to dealing with our judgmental mind, or if you prefer, looking at it from the other angle, dealing with difficult people and not getting sucked into uh, a life that feels unpeaceful. And hopefully one of these phrases, if not all of them, made a difference for you. In this guided meditation we're going to do, we're going to discover which of these phrases, many phrases, might be most helpful for you in dealing with difficult people and or 
overcoming your judgmental mind. So make yourself comfortable. Take a deep breath and close your eyes if you can. And I want you to begin by thinking of a person who tends to really annoy or bother you. This could be a politician that you don't know. It could be your mate. It could be somebody at work, but somebody who's pretty consistent in bringing up your judgmental mind or self-righteousness or annoyance. And as you think about this person, notice what judgment feels like in your body. Notice where you feel constricted or tight. Maybe even what kinds of thoughts this person evokes. And as you think of this person, I'm going to say a phrase and notice as you enter into this phrase, if it changes how you view this person. The first phrase is, they know not what they do. They don't realize their behavior is perhaps hurtful or ineffective. Or they are so compelled they can't help themselves. They know not what they do. And as you think of this person and say that phrase, notice how that feels in your body. Now, once again, think of something that this person did that you thought was really annoying or hurtful. Get into that feeling of, God, I don't want to deal with this person anymore. And then think the phrase, they are a perfect them. They are playing that role perfectly. In fact, you can admire how well they play that role, just like you might admire an actor playing a bad person in a movie. They are playing that role perfectly. And notice how that feels. Great. Now, once again, get in touch with maybe your self-righteousness or judgment or annoyance at this person. And then think the phrase, it must be really hard being them. It must be hard being them. And as you think that phrase, see if it evokes 
a different feeling of open-heartedness. It must be hard being them. Once again, think of this person's annoying behavior, or if you prefer, think of another person's annoying behavior. The world is very generous in giving people, giving us people who sometimes evoke the judgmental mind in us. As you think of a person who you've judged, try the phrase, I don't know the whole story. I don't know the whole story or background as to why they do what they do. Notice what that feels like as you think that. Like, I, I just don't know. Notice how your body reacts. Does it help to lessen the constriction and be more open-hearted? And the last phrase, as you think of a person that's annoyed you, that you've judged, maybe a politician or someone in your life, you think about their behavior that evokes some form of difficulty in you. Say the phrase, how's that like me? How is what they're doing like something I do? If you can pinpoint exactly how it's like something you do, so much the better. Notice how that feels in your body. Did it help you let go of a sense of separation or self-righteousness? And last, to leave on a good note, if you think of this person that bothered you in some way, Try and remember or imagine a time when they did do something kind or loving. Nobody's all bad. Maybe you picture them as a baby or doing something for their family. That there's a spark of love and awareness behind whatever role our personalities and egos play. And the soul or awareness in you can remember or imagine and be touched by the soul or awareness in even a person that gives you difficulty. 
that some level we're all part of one body of humanity, each playing different roles, but all part of the same body. And as you relax into that feeling, that open-heartedness, you come back to wherever you are seated, looking forward to finding a phrase that helps you overcome annoyance, judgmental mind, and all the difficulty that goes along with that, and trying it out in your life and seeing if it can bring you back quickly and easily to a place of compassion and peace and love. And when you're ready, take your time. You can very slowly and gently begin to open your eyes. And welcome back. And um, since I'm very powerful, I, I'm going to send some annoying and difficult people to our listeners this week just so that they can practice any of these phrases and see which one works for them. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which one works for them, I, I would recommend people try this with varying degrees of like for instance i started out with the number one the number one famous political figure <laughs> that i don't agree with yeah the real and the real tough tough the, one the big kahuna whoever that may be for you and um i found the first one real real challenging <laughs> yeah yeah and then i said well wait a minute what if i tried uh, because I didn't, I, I didn't, because I was in, I was in a mood where the people I know haven't been annoying me lately. I mean, I just love them all. <laughs> but then I remembered some one person. Um, and I said, let me try it on. Let me, let me try it with them. And then it started to melt and it started uh -huh. to work. And so I would recommend not necessarily jumping to the big kahuna, but pick someone who's kind of mildly annoying and yeah. practice. With that person. And as you said, um, people that annoy you in your lives are on your way, sent by Jonathan. <laughs> or whether sent by Jonathan or not, there's no shortage of that in, in our world. The world in, is generous that way. The world is generous. It sends us what we need. Absolutely. So if you found this helpful, uh, feel free to share it with friends and family. So they'll be less annoyed at you. And uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate our Patreon supporters. Uh, I wrote a blog about all this, which uh, all our Patreon supporters get. Uh, if you're interested in knowing all the free gifts you can get when you support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. And um, any last words, Brian? Uh, this was fun, and I love the way you know you took us through all of these different uh, different approaches, and and uh, try one, and see see how it works. In the meantime, just 
see how much you can ask yourself, can I let go of the demands and the conditions I'm putting on the world and my experience, just for a few minutes, just for now? Yeah, yeah. And once you find something that works for you, man, that's worth a lot, because if you can overcome judgment, unnecessary judgment, uh, frustration, annoyance, all those things, you're well on your path to a more open-hearted and loving existence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and just a reminder, I said this already, but just don't forget, when your mind starts to argue about it, when you try any of these and your mind starts to argue, remember Pamela Wilson's phrase, thank your mind for its opinion, and then just return to whatever phrase you're working on, or to awareness itself. I'd love to hear how it goes for folks. Uh, feel free to email Brian or I. Um, you go to awarenessexplorers.com website, contact us, and we have about 85 guided meditations in there that you can share with friends and family all for free. And we greatly appreciate our listeners and exploring with you. And look forward to the next time. Till then, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love. Grant me the serenity. Uh, uh, what I forget how it is, but you want to um, accept the things that. I can't change, change the things I can and, and the wisdom to know the difference. Um, you know, I might actually just, <laughs> I might actually just look it up so I can actually quote it correctly. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I, I'm just going to do that because it's going to be so much easier, uh, just to, just to stick that in and get this part out.